This episode is sponsored by Blockbases, your platform to navigate Web3 safely. Remember the feeling you have when you connect your wallet to a new dApp or smart contract, not exactly sure if this is safe or not? Well, Blockbases will answer that question for you before making any detrimental mistakes, risking all your assets in your wallet. With Blockbases, you can easily review dApps and smart contracts that have either been audited or hacked. All dApps and smart contracts have been graded with a security score. And if you find yourself wondering, hmm, maybe there were some shady dApps I connected my wallet to in the past. Well, Blockbases makes it easy for you to scan your wallet and revoke access to any dApps or smart contracts that pose a risk to the funds in your wallet. To try Blockbases today, go on Blockbases.com. That is Blockbases.com. Copenhagen. So welcome everyone to the Cosmos Club, where we talk all things Cosmos. We tweet daily about what's going on, and then we invite interesting, fascinating, hardworking builders who's building the Cosmos ecosystem. And today we got you, Rispy. Welcome back to the club from Colorado, by the way. Thank you for having us. I know it's super late for you. So happy that you accommodated, you know, since we live in New York and things like that. But yeah, it's been forever. You're one of the first like people we talked to when we first started building Gelato out, started catching steam. You know, we haven't talked in a while. And it's kind of nice to finally circle back and sort of see where we're at. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know, actually, I think you were, if not the first, then one of the first spaces that we did with uh, with you guys. So it's uh, quite an, quite, yeah. it's great to see the, how far we've come, both of us. Um, but yeah, just for anyone who hasn't listened to that space um, or the podcast episode, of course, on Spotify and, and all the other platforms, Perhaps you can just uh, tell us a little bit about what the what happened since we last spoke. So we spoke in July, by the way. <laughs> if you if you can remember, I mean, it seems like a lifetime ago, right? Uh, but it was in July, and you were just about to launch. So uh, yeah, what happened since then? Basically, perhaps you can give us a recap. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, when we last spoke, it was more focused around launching the initial lottery, getting our airdrops out, getting the G key airdrop out. And basically starting to like, you know, slowly build up our platform. Since our since then, we have, you know, made our lottery app way better, 100% mobile support with Kepler. We introduced an NFT raffling system, and we also introduced sports betting. You know, besides that, uh, we've also become active in about 10 uh, chains across Cosmos. I think the only one we're not active in right now is the active set is Adam. And on the NFT front, I think since then we've also released about six or seven NFT series that people really love, awesome art. We got a lot more stuff in the work. So, yeah, we've been really busy just building, you know, the gaming platform, expanding expanding our validators, and also expanding our NFT uh, footprint. Definitely, definitely. And just uh, for anyone who doesn't know, um, for the uninitiated, perhaps, what the... Um... What is Gelato? And uh, yeah, what is the sort of the pitch that you guys uh, say these days? Uh, because I remember, as you said yourself, uh, it was very much focused on uh, lottery and gaming and all that stuff. But you have you guys have gone beyond that, it seems. Yeah, from and also uh, Daniel has finally joined the call, so hopefully uh, you know he'll step up at some point and talk. But. At a nutshell, Gelato is a Web3 company, and, you know, we focus on three major pillars, gaming, NFTs, and infrastructure for Web3, including validators, APIs, RPCs, and things of that nature. 
And the overall long-term goal is, you know, people have DAOs, but what we want to do is create a decentralized business where our holders and people who are, you know, in our community holding our assets are the one that ultimately decides what we do in the future, what chains we expand into, what new games we add to the platform. You know, one of the things to me that really makes Gelato special is we aren't just focused on the crypto world or online. We really want to merge the two. At some point, we want to have real casinos. We want to have an ice cream shop where you can walk in with our NFTs and maybe get ice cream every free Thursday, you know, merchandising, things of that nature. So at a nutshell, that's Gelato. Definitely threw a lot at you, so apologies. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I know you guys, you have a lot going on. And uh, also, it's a big market that you guys are addressing. Um, so perhaps you can talk to us a little bit about the the current state of the market. I think many people know about lotteries, of course, or online casinos, perhaps. Um, so how, how does that, uh, the, the, the state of the market right now, what is being offered by other platforms, how does that compare to what you guys are building, basically? So one of the big key features you're going to find about Gelato versus other gaming or even gambling sites or projects in total is the fact that we truly want to keep this decentralized. And the way we're going to do this is we're going to allow players to take on the ability to be players who play in our games, players who become the house by staking. And also have some ability and have some ownership on the platform as well too. So I think that's the thing that truly sets us apart. Is we are Team Gelato. We're building what the community wants. Eventually, once we have our DAO set up and things of that nature, the community will tell us what to build. But ultimately, the entire protocol is owned by the community. That's a big reason why we airdrop well over sixty percent of our governance uh, token GLTO. Mm -hmm. So currently, Daniel, our lead architect, he's working on the staking of the house protocol, and we're looking to have the first set of game using it, which will be DICE. Hopefully in the next three to four weeks, we'll have a prototype up and running. And once that happens, people will be to stake their GLTO, and when users play games like DICE, if they win, it comes from the house. If they lose, it goes back to the house, which gets uh, what call, given to all the stakers. And the great thing about GLTO is... There's only 420 million tokens in existence. So like a lot of projects, we aren't printing more tokens. We believe this protocol will create actual yield that can be sustainable in the long term. Is that the, the, real, yield, the real yield narrative coming into play here? Is that what you guys are aiming for? or Because this is news to me. I know you guys have the GLGO token, of course. I know you guys have been focused on the tokenomics part, but I didn't know actually that you were aiming for a real yield kind of narrative with uh, with your token. Oh, 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 yeah, that was the plan from the very beginning. Even on our white paper, we had mentions of staking in-house. We didn't dive too deep into it just because we weren't sure at what point we'd be able to actually start tackling it. And now that we've deployed a lot of things, you know, on our platform and we feel like, hey, we've built out enough smart contracts in, Co you know, in Cosmo that we feel, we feel confident about this. So from the very beginning, real yield was always the goal is, you know, it's easier to print money, but that's not really sustainable. If you look at projects like Osmo, Tori, and even Edmos, you can keep printing money, but eventually, you know, it really impacts the price. Beautiful. And I mean, um, perhaps you can speak more to how, I think that the whole uh, pitch or story that you get to own a part of the house, that just seems extremely appealing to, to most people, I think. And uh, being able to, yeah buy gelato uh, or GLTO tokens and then stake it for perhaps a reward. 
um, and then become owner of the house. So talk to us about how the revenue flows. So there might be uh, some inflation, of course, which uh, uh, spills over into uh, staking rewards. But then on top of that, there will be yield, real yield generated from all the different games being played using the Gelato ecosystem. So talk yeah. to us uh, so yeah, two, about that. Two things about that is there is no inflation with the GLTO token because there's a max supply of 420 million. And on top of that, the way we, we're designing a staking as the house is we're basically building a gaming liquidity uh, provider. And uh, the point of this is in the future, we want to be able to integrate this staking as the house protocol on all of our games. Mm -hmm. And then once we sort of battle tested this, we want to open this up to other game creators. So if you're somewhere in Cosmos and you build some type of farming simulator game or some type of, you know, I don't know, chess game or something like that, you want to incorporate some level of betting and you want some liquidity so people can bet, you know, against and things like that, they should be to take advantage of this liquidity uh, protocol that we're building. And the goal is, you know, the more people that use this uh, provider to add liquidity to their game, whenever someone loses, it comes from the house, whenever someone or whenever someone wins it comes from the house whenever someone loses their amount goes back to everyone who's staking in the house mm. so initially it, it will be glto token that will be allowing for staking of the house but in the future we may open it up to other ibc assets mm. interesting so there's a lot of utility it sounds like just by buying and holding staking of course the glto token is there anything else we should uh cover now that we talk about the GLTO token we just dove right into it <laughs> so uh, let's uh, cover it fully if there's anything any other utilities or anything else that you want to mention around it oh yeah definitely GLTO is going to be our token for the eventual gelato metaverse so besides being used in the future for other games one of the places that people will be to use it very soon is every game that we create for example the lotteries or sports betting we're also creating creator tools behind the scenes. What this is going to allow people to do is to create their own games with their own parameters, you know, maybe burn a little bit of GLTO or pay a little bit in GLTO fee to make your games. So you can set your own custom parameters and be like, hey, I created this NFT raffle that I'm going to go, go ahead and sort of get people pumped about and buy into. And when someone buys into the raffle, Gelato keeps 10%. Same thing with sports betting. If you want to create, let's say, a... Uh, a sports betting squares game for the upcoming NBA game. You can build the hype. You get everyone to buy into it. You keep up to 90% of the uh, fees that come in, and then Gelato keeps 10%. So, you know, to break it out even further, like, the goal is to basically build, like, Mario Creator. You know, we build all these tools, uh, packages, libraries that people can take advantage of, build really cool games, and then everything will basically revolve around the GLTO token in the future. Right on. And I think you mentioned something that um, is really uh, a fire starter almost for the growth of the uh, Gelato ecosystem. And that is people, the ability for people to add their own games. Because one, and I see a lot of community questions also, which are start to blend in uh, early for this space. But I see a lot of people asking about what is the next game? What is the most uh, successful game? You know, a lot of focus is on the lottery ticket, the lottery games that you have that you guys have, uh, have built and, and launched. But really, you know, one step obviously is that you guys have a sort of controlled environment and you launch it one by one. But where things can really kick off is when you guys start opening up for other people to to create different games 
and then have the gelato ecosystem, the gelato protocol, be sort of the yeah the the, the glue that that ties everything together. Would you agree with that? Or oh yeah, hundred percent. For us, we want to show people what's possible. Right now, if you look at most DApps running in Web three. They're either a DEX, an NFT marketplace, or something. There aren't too many normal apps. Mm. I think in the future, things like Amazon, things like dating sites, things of that nature, games, are going to come to the blockchain. So for us to truly grow, the two things we really need to focus on is uh, easier user onboard. So right now, if my grandma or my wife wants to play any of our games, they don't want to set up a wallet and have to deal with all of that. So we're thinking about how we can make that experience easier. But on top of that... We're a small team. We literally can't build all the, you know, all the games on the platform. We also can't just, you know, think of everything. So we want to provide the frameworks to people so they can build cool shit. And if they build cool stuff, the community can vote that to go to mainnet. And if they do, the players who made the games get a royalty forever for those games that are on the platform. So we think by focusing on these two avenues, we can really help Gelato go to the next level and grow big within this ecosystem. Right on, man. And that's a, a follow-up question. A quick follow-up question to that is uh, is about adoption. A lot of people as well is asking, how do you guys drive adoption? Is it via uh, crypto influencers, for example? Is it via partnerships? Or is it, as we just talked about, people piling in and building their own games? Because I think the reason why I want to highlight that question also pretty early on in this space is that you know, you can have the most marvelous tech, the best team in the world and all that stuff. But if you don't get people hooked somehow, <laughs> whatever that hook is, then uh, it becomes difficult. I think you have a pretty good hook in that games are inherently very addictive. <laughs> and we can talk about that later also. But um, but what do you see as the biggest driver for adoption of Gelato? Is it people building their own games or is it something else? I think it's a combination of all those things, but to me, the number one thing that's going to help Gelato grow is removing the barrier of entry for normal users. Too often within the crypto world, we expect, expect people to know how to use a deck to exchange tokens. We expect people to manage their own wallets and things like that. That stuff just doesn't work. Like If you open up a mobile app today and you play Candy Crush, you can easily put your credit card in, buy items, buy boost. It's all seamless. No one at the other side is like, oh, I got to manage this whole new thing. So our focus is purely on that. So one of the things we want to do is figure out how we can remove the need for you to manage your own wallet. Maybe there's some way for us to securely do that, which we're looking mm -hmm. into. Having a proper fiat on-wrap. This way, if you want to play using Gelato chips on the platform, you don't have to go to JunoSwap or Osmo to exchange anything. And on top of that, we're also going to be looking to bring all of our games into a mobile app, mobile app have it available on Android, iOS, so I feel like the more we focus on bringing normal people, people over to this ecosystem and making it easy for them to play these games, I think that's how we get more adoption and growth to come in. Nice. And speaking of lowering the uh, entries to bar uh, the barriers to entry, <laughs> sorry, uh, the entries to barriers, that's funny. Um, how do people normally get started with Gelato today? What is the typical user journey that people will go through? Perhaps you can just walk us through that for anyone out there who doesn't know or is curious how to get started. Yeah, definitely. It's funny you kind of mentioned that because we're actually working on bringing some Ethereum users over to the Gelato platform so they can like, you know, 
uh, bet on awesome NFT raffles. But right now, if you've never, if you don't know anything about the Cosmos ecosystem or, or even Juno, the way you get started, get a coupler wallet from some sex, you know, centralized exchange, get some atom, you know, move it to your wallet, move it to a DEX, convert to GLTO or some other IBC asset. And then you can go on our platform and basically use those uh, assets to play in our games, whether it's the lotteries, NFT raffles, sports betting, and eventually other stuff like poker, blackjack, and things of that nature. Yeah, so just to, uh, let's say you have never used any DeFi apps or anything, So, but I do have like a Coinbase account or Binance account or whatever centralized exchange sex um, that I might be using. So I'll buy, let's say, Adam on um, on Binance, let's say. I uh, send that to my wallet. That could be Kepler, I guess, or any wallet that is IBC yep. enabled or compatible. And then I would swap that on something like Osmosis. So I need to deposit my Atom on, on Cosmos Hub uh, into the Osmosis DEX. And then I swap that to, yep. let's say, GLTO or Juno or something else. Or I guess it could also be Atom. Uh, is that correct? Yep, it can yep. be Adam. We do have some games on our platform that supports Adam. So either you can swap to GLT or mm-hmm. Adam, and then from there you need to IBC it over to the Juno yep. chain. You know, even as I'm talking to you about this, like you hear how many steps are yep. involved to go from I I don't know what this platform is to hey I want to play some games on the Gelato yep. platform. And that's um, that's exactly why I want to carve it out because uh, it is tedious and you need to be quite tech savvy to to get started to just play around really um and that's something that we need to fix in uh, in crypto in general but in cosmos in particular i think um so yeah it, it, it sorry go ahead okay quick favor it seems like daniel is trying to uh become a speaker but it's not letting him would you be able to try giving him that Definitely. role so daniel yes i see him i see him daniel gabriel ryan yep, yep. I shall. My better half. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are officially a speaker, Mr. Daniel. I know it takes a few seconds. I also know recently, apparently, if you have Android and updated Twitter, mm. like Twitter space has been breaking for a lot of people. So I hope Daniel's not impacted. Yeah, it, it is very volatile. The Twitter app in general. So uh, I I don't see Daniel anymore though in the space. So I don't know if he is rejoining. But um, I guess we can continue. Hopefully, uh, he might be impacted through the Twitter yeah. update. But if he can't speak, uh, I guess I'll definitely try to fill in as yeah, much yeah. as I can. But um, yeah, I'll try to. I'll keep an eye. Uh, I keep an eye out if he uh, rejoins. But yeah, so just to follow the train of thought here. So basically, there's a lot of steps, <laughs> and uh, you need to know what you're doing, really, uh, because the funds needs to end up on Juno Network, as you as you also mentioned, uh, and only then can you uh, can you get started. So a question on that: Why did you guys decide to build on Juno Network? And uh, is that something? Is that choice something that you would stick to? Uh, you know, comparing to when you guys decided on that back in July, I guess, or around that time. Yeah, definitely. The reason why we picked Juno is because ultimately what we're trying to build, it kind of makes sense for us to have our own L1 chain at some point. But if you look at any chain that launches, 
it takes close to like half a year to like six, you know, to a full year to launch your own chain, you know, add a bunch of things. And we kind of really wanted to focus on the business logic. Like, hey, we really want to build up the, the games, the community, and sort of focus on that before we build out our own L1. So it's almost the same reason why people look at Shopify. If you want to start your own business, you don't go and rent all your servers and do all this crazy stuff. Like you can, but it doesn't bring a lot of business value. So when we looked across, you know, all the different chains like Solana, Ethereum, you know, AVAX, we found Cosmo. Like, hey, Cosmo, it seems very developer friendly. And then we came across Juno, which is permissionless. They have good docs, a good team. And ultimately, they had all the tech that we needed to build this out. So to me, Juno is definitely a starting point. Not saying we'll be here mm-hmm. forever. At some point, we will need to spin up our own L1 chain. But I'm happy with it. I think it's giving us everything we need. And ultimately, regardless of what chain we go to, we would still come across the same problem. How do you get users to come to your platform without having to do too many Mm -hmm. steps? So we have some good ideas on how we can solve this. Uh, We think Juno is a great place to test these things out. And once we're mature enough, we're like, hey, we have a big team. We have a really strong foundation. Then we'll probably move off, spin up our own Cosmos chain, and basically be connected into IDC. Makes sense. And the reason I ask in this uh, cheeky way, perhaps, um, and it's not to uh, dump on uh, Juno or anything, it's just that we have interchain security, the Cosmos Hub is evolving, um, and you can now start building on the, on top of Cosmos Hub and, and building these consumer chains instead of building your own app chain. It sounds like you have the full intention of building your own app chain, perhaps right after uh, going from Juno to something else. But have you considered, just out of curiosity, to uh, build a consumer chain first on uh, on Cosmos Hub? Oh, yeah, that's definitely something that we've been thinking a lot about as a team. Just as of right now, because we have so many other games we want to build, it's not something that we're paying too much attention to. You know, when I think about Gelato, it's like a, something that I want to do for the next, like, 10-plus years. So I feel like, you know, maybe it will be a few years before we feel the need to spin up our own chain, whether it's an independent L1, a consumer chain, but we've definitely been considering it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's hard to answer these questions, which is also why it's a bit cheeky, right? Because Cosmos just evolved so fast. I mean, Juno is probably a great choice for you guys and still is uh, to this day, but then the Cosmos Hub evolves, <laughs> you know, replicated security gets rolled out, and uh, God knows how that will land and end up, uh, you know, three, six, nine months from I now. I think the thing that kind of makes up that kind of makes us a little different is we wake up every day, Daniel and I and the rest of the team, and we're like, hey, how can we bring more value to our business, to our to our community and people who mm-hmm. support us? So ultimately when you focus on business decisions on how to grow and expand, the thought of, hey, I need to go start my own chain or I need to go look into starting a consumer chain, stuff like that really just won't bring us value right now. So yes, it might be cool. We can talk about it. Maybe it'll get people hyped. But in terms of the actual value of building cool toilet games that we want to build for our customers, that's that's not going to be helpful. You know, in the future, will be, but not anytime soon. I mean, the reason why I I keep focusing on the Cosmos Hub is not that we are the Cosmos Club, and that's why, you know, the only thing I can think of is Cosmos Hub. It's just that, you know, the, the steps that I just outlined, you know, moving from Binance or Coinbase all the way to Juno, you sort of remove the step going from Cosmos Hub to Juno because if you deploy, for example, a consumer chain, you'll be, yeah, you'll be there, you'll be in the Cosmos Hub. 
And then slowly but surely, I think we will start seeing more and more regulation and more and more battles to be fought for uh, for these centralized exchanges, which means that DEXs will come out on top at some point. Uh, maybe it will happen soon, maybe it will happen later. But at some point, we will have uh, nice on-ramps, we will have nice wallets, so, so it's easy uh, to build and uh, and 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 trade with the DEXs. So that sort of short that sort of moves away the centralized exchange step, the Binance and Coinbase. And if you have the step with Juno also removed, you basically go straight to the Cosmos Hub. Really, that's the only step that is left uh, in that process. To be honest, we don't want people to know that we're a Web three project. We don't want people to know something like Cosmos exists or what Kepler Wallet is. The thing that we're trying to strive for is you go to our site. You click login. Let's say it logs you in with your email or if you're having a wallet, you know, you can do that. And once you log in, using our fiat on-ramp, you can buy GLTO, Atom, or whatever asset and basically never have to leave our website, never have to go figure out, hey, how do I go onto a DEX or a SEX? How do I exchange mm-hmm. stuff? We want to do all that for mm-hmm. you. So the way you kind of – the way it is today to use a mobile app, you log in with your email, you buy stuff with your credit card and things like that. That's exactly what we're trying to aim for and trying to put all of our, you know, energy towards. Makes sense. The best tech falls into the background, right? <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Let's talk about the uh, NFTs for a bit because I know you guys have been quite active in this space and uh, will continue to be, I'm sure, for eternity. So talk to us about your approach yep. to NFTs and uh, the utilities and how people can... Uh, use it and why they should buy NFTs for in the first place. This is, by the way, also something the community is very keen to know more about, I can see. Yep. So being a casino gambling slash platform, one of the things I really love is when I walk into a casino, if you spend enough money or do something special, they make you feel like a VIP. And we really wanted to sort of capture that feeling. So because of that, uh, when we first created Gelato, we thought about the series, Gelato Series 1, 2, and 3. And the goal of these series is if you hold any of these NFTs, one or more, you get VIP treatment on a platform. So that means you get entry into free events. You get some boost of odds when you play some of our games. You get discounts on our merchandise and other free things. And on top of that, because we want to keep this a platform that can be owned by you know the community, basically, these NFTs also offer revenue sharing. So for Gelato Series 1, 2, and 3, each of these series gets their own 1% from the uh, gaming platform. So for every pot that we have on a current game, so let's say there's a, you know, a Juno lottery with a 1,000 Juno in it, the NFT holders get 1% of that. And this is for all games going mm-hmm. forward. And on top of that, each of these series has... 10 rare NFTs, you know, called One Piece NFTs. If you own one of these uh, NFTs, you automatically become a Gelato owner. And as a Gelato owner, you only not get, you get 1% of the gaming platform revenue, but on top of that, you also get 1% of all revenue Gelato makes. So from our validators, NFT commission, or NFT royalties, merchandise sales. So the goal is to basically, whatever we generate, we want to have we have we want to have it flow all back to our community, and we figured this is sort of the best model to do so, and also leverage the tech of NFTs as well. Hmm. I see. 
By the way, I've I've invited Daniel like a thousand times by this point now, uh, and every time I invite him, he gets kicked out of the space. I don't know what's going on. It's like literally. Yeah, I think he may have an issue. Uh, we had an issue on the Rack FM stuff too. If you update it to a certain version of Twitter mm. on Android, for some reason you can't speak. I think the same thing is happening yeah. to him. It's weird. I haven't seen this before. I do. I do quite a lot of spaces, but I haven't seen this way of. Whenever I approve his request, he just gets kicked out right away. Um, so now I invite him as a co-host. I don't know if that's going to work better, but um, yeah. Guess Elon must not must not like Daniel for some reason. <laughs> Maybe Daniel has something on him. Who knows? <laughs> um, cool. So yeah, NFTs obviously a huge uh, opportunity for you guys. Something that you are taking advantage of that makes perfect sense. Uh, having the sense of exclusivity is uh, something that people love about the gaming industry, the casino industry, and lotteries, perhaps uh, even. So yeah, it makes sense to try to mimic that uh, feeling uh, online. I think that's uh, that's a uh, quite a wise step, wise step. Um, beyond the challenges of this space. Perhaps talk to us a little bit about the challenges that you have faced so far. So you've been building and uh, working for more than nine months now, it must be. Um, maybe you started way earlier than uh, when we met the first time. But talk to us about the challenges that uh, that you guys have faced. We've definitely been at this for a little bit over a year. Uh, it's been a while. We worked in the background a lot before we went sort of public with this. But one of the challenges that sort of exists within the space is it's literally the new frontier. A lot of things don't exist. Documentations aren't the best. I remember the first time just figuring out how to get like our DAP connected to Kepler was kind of a challenge, you know, figuring out how to deploy smart contracts or things of that nature. So it's just, I guess it was tough having to figure all these things out. But once we did get the grasp of it, once we trialed and errored a lot, it's kind of a lot easier. A lot of reasons why we picked the Cosmos ecosystem is their tools, everything they're building is focused around being developer friendly versus something like Solana, for example. So it took a little bit to get started, but once we've got started, it's definitely gotten a lot easier. So one of the things I definitely would love to see this ecosystem focus more on is documentation, better tooling. You know, from the start, all of our stuff has been open source. So as we're building these frameworks, tools and stuff to make our lives easier, we're giving it right back to the community as well too. And I just hope more people do that because the more we can get engineers onboarded into Cosmos, the more we're going to see this ecosystem grow and see crazy shit being built. Yeah, we just need to keep building, man. That's uh, that's the answer, especially during bear markets. Maybe we're out of the wood, uh, woods uh, from the oh, escaping the bear, if you will. But uh, this whole banking crisis that we talked about in the beginning is uh, is quite scary. So <laughs> we might be out of the woods. We might not be out of the woods yet. Um, so yeah. I hope no one is upset at me for saying this, but I'm kind of happy that we started building in a bear market because I feel like when you're in a bull market, everyone's high off money. They're like, oh my God, you could throw out a shit coin or a shit project. Because I remember during a bull market, regardless of what project you were, basically Osmo was giving everyone, you know, LP incentives. Oh, come go do this shit. But now that's, uh, you know, bear market, a lot of these shit projects and people who don't care about their projects and community have kind of gone away. So, I think we're definitely in a really great position for when the bull market does come back eventually. I think Gelato will kill it. That's the that's the bet and that's the dream that we all have. I think most of us who are 
surviving the bear and waiting for the bull to uh, to wake up again. But one of the things that we need to get, where we need to get our act together in uh, crypto and cosmos, is around regulation. I think uh, regulation is going to be more and more tight uh, after SPF and uh, yeah, recently also with uh, with the whole. Uh, Banks cr- come crashing down. I mean, the the regulators are going to come and, and tighten the screw on on all of us, in, especially crypto. So, a question from the community also is about regulation and compliance with uh, Gelato. How do you guys uh, deal with that? How do you guys? I don't know if you obtain licenses or if you have to. Like, how is the uh, compliance uh, work being done with Gelato? Yep. So two things that we're doing, because we want to create a scalable business, we need, we do need to be compliant with all the laws and regulations, even though crypto laws aren't really up to date. So the first thing we're doing is we're actually creating a proper corporate structure outside of the U.S., getting a business uh, entity set up properly, getting proper gambling licenses from different jurisdictions. And for places where we can't operate, we will geofence our website off until we're able to get licenses in those areas and operate properly. On top of that, we're also looking to team up with other uh, you know, people within this industry that's passionate about driving lawmakers to make you know, proper regulations and decisions. So eventually we do want to get a super PAC started where we do you know, sponsor and basically work with politicians to help craft the laws that can help us sort of make this possible. Because right now, Stuff that we're building, if you ask, you know, 10 people, are they doing something legal, not legal? Everyone's like, I don't know. Maybe they're in a gray mm-hmm. area. We also don't know because these rules just, you know, we need these things to be taken, taken a look at. So we really want to be part of the conversation. And that's kind of our strategy. And we're hoping we get more partners and people who support our vision for a open and free crypto space and, you know, will help us in this area. And I think Daniel can finally talk, I hope. Yeah, but I, I missed a lot of questions. I, sorry. I mean, I upgraded Twitter and now it works. So that must have been it after you said the um, there's an issue. Welcome, Daniel. Good to hear from you again. Yeah, I'm glad I, I can make it in time. Um, I mean, I have a lot to say on all those uh, previous questions, but I guess um, I guess in response to what Risby was just saying on this topic, um, you know, there, there's also I'm excited about exploring some of the gray area because, I mean, some things are pretty clear cut and like what is you know slots blackjack you know uh, roulette those are classical you know classic casino games um but at what point does it transition into something else something like something more you know like like candy crush where there's no legal implication there you know there's there's kind of like um it's unclear to me what uh you know what the limits are because the technology is new like we, like for to give you an example of one of the game ideas we're discussing uh, that it kind of skirts the line between what is betting and what is not betting. We were, we were talking about maybe doing some kind of um, uh, prediction market, not just on the movement of stock prices, but on the you know outcomes of elections mm-hmm. or um, you know uh, other subject matters that you might seen prediction markets for on other uh, networks like a uh, poly market. Um, but instead of using an oracle to resolve the outcomes of events, you know using people using social, you know, consensus uh, protocols, if you will, you know, using just a social network approach to resolving outcomes by, by gamifying that aspect, gamifying resolution of the truth. So in that case, you have, you know, on the back end, the analysis is a bit different. 
It's not just a system saying, you know, these, this group is the winner because they're candidate one. It's more a bunch of users in a multiplayer game communicating with each other, determining an outcome. So at what point, you know, like what, what point does the backend technology uh, become something different from what it might seem to be on the surface? And uh, so I'm kind of, I'm interested in exploring that gray area. And it is a huge gray area, right? I mean, I'm just thinking of a very sort of practical example. If I have a board game and I have a few friends and they come over, whatever, Wednesday night, and we play that game and uh, at some point somebody mentions, hey, let's make this more interesting. Let's, uh, you know, throw in $50, whatever. Is that a gambling initiative <laughs> that I'm launching or is it just uh, four friends getting together and playing board games with a little money involved? I don't know the honestly I don't know the rules around that and how anyone can regulate around that. To me it seems like it would fall into that latter category of things that you're just doing with mm -hmm. your friends. You know and that's that's kind of where I, the ability to create your own games comes into play. So if we have users coming in and they're creating their own instances of a, a betting pool that they use with their friends while they're watching the Super Bowl yeah. is that you know what is that? Uh, yeah. To your point. yeah exactly exactly I've, i'm not i'm no expert here but um because it's decentralized all this is decentralized and basically users wallets whatever you want to call it just coming together and, and playing whatever fun game it's just very hard to create regulation around that it's, it's different from going into a centralized place a casino let's say where there's a physical store and there's is a business uh, that is registered and there's revenue, there's costs and all these different things. Like, it's just a whole different ball game that uh, what you guys are building. Totally, and you know, I mean, I might be naive in this thought, but I believe that if we are um, truly interested in the the mutual benefit of everybody in this, all the people who are participating in Gelato, the players, the people staking their funds with us for various reasons. Um, if we listen to the community and kind of build collaboratively with it um, and just generate something that is not economically or socially parasitic on people, I think that, you know, we should be able to succeed on, you know, our, our, vir our virtues so, you know, I'm genuinely interested in producing a better web, a better product, a better business model, something that is not parasitic or voyeuristic like, you know, social media advertising mm -hmm. traditionally. So um, if we were to be impeded by some kind of, you know, superficial analysis based on the fact that we have roulette and technically that's illegal because it's gambling, it would be really frustrating for me. And I, but I would, it wouldn't be uh, like a fatal blow. I think Risby and I and the team in general is just, are just like compulsive, you know, builders. And we're going to constantly like water, find a way to flow around whatever the, the problem is. Be like water. That's Someone uh, wise said that I think over in China or something. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the karate kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a wise kid right there. No, so let's talk about uh, besides uh, legal partners and uh, being on the right side of history here. Talk to us about partnerships in general. What kind, of, what kind of partnerships are you guys looking for, or striking even uh, with Gelato? I think one of the big, uh, the two sets of partnerships we're looking for 
is creators, people who are interested in building games and cool functionalities. The reason why we open source all of our code is we want people to take what we have and make it better or have some crazy ideas you want to implement. And we can also take advantage of that. And on the second part, we're also looking for partners that will help us breach into the physical world. Like, for example, one of my good friends is starting a, a weed, uh, what you might call a dispensary company in California. So we're trying to work with him to see, hey, if there's some way to integrate his dispensaries with our NFTs and have some type of reward that flows both ways. So I think the more partnerships we can find with people who are passionate about building and also businesses in the real world, I think that's the thing that will really help Gelato stand out and kind of make all of this really special. Right on, right on. Is there any uh, partnerships within Cosmos that you guys are looking at right now? This is also a question from the community. Like any uh, cross chain, any yeah, any any partnerships in Cosmos that uh, also we can help with. We talk to projects all the time in Cosmos ecosystem. I mean, we're always talking with random projects and working on small things here and there. Nothing super major. We are currently exploring Archway. Uh, they definitely have an interesting chain, interesting team. Uh, we recently done a big uh, pitch for them about our idea to get some additional funding. So that's something we're really excited about. But beyond that, nothing crazy yet. We have some stuff in the work. We won't talk about it yet, but maybe in the near future. You know we love Alpha here, so I won't even ask if you don't want to say. But uh, yeah, we are always suckers for Alpha here on the channel. <laughs> Oh, I love giving them. Just want to make sure the partnerships and things are, you know, more concrete before I tell the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So, talk to us a little bit about the what's on the horizon, what's on the roadmap for Gelato. What can we look forward to? Yeah, definitely. The thing that's being worked on right now, as I mentioned at the beginning of the space, is staking of the house, which is basically our gaming liquidity provider. I think once that's done. That's going to really unlock all the things that we want to do with Gelato and help us expand and build other games, you know, very quickly. And beyond the staking of the house, we're also reaching out to other uh, blockchains. You know, from the beginning, we want to be a multi-chain company. So we have uh, NFT collections launching on Ethereum. We have uh, Bitcoin ordinals already. Uh, we're also looking at stuff like Near Protocol. So the goal for the next, you know, I would say four to six months It's more about expanding into other chains and building awesome games and bringing all those people back to the gaming platform. Yo, I have a crazy story about uh, Ordinals, by the way. I used to live with Casey, the, the founder, the creator of the Ordinals protocol. And uh, he was the one who got me hooked and excited about blockchain in the first place many years back. So, uh, yeah, if you want to get in touch with Casey, just let me know. <laughs> It's a crazy story uh, how he how he started that up. I'll definitely put you up about that. Yeah, it's pretty insane. He's American, by the way. So uh, I, I believe you sit in the U.S. also. So uh, you guys uh, perhaps could even meet meet up physically. But yeah, um, that's exciting. It's, uh, it's I look forward to the day where I can stake with a house and uh, become part of the house like that. Um, that just seems like a dream for any gamer um, and uh, aspired gambler like me. <laughs> yeah. Daniel, because you're basically working on this right now, you're running simulations and things like that. Anything you want to share about staking of the house? Um, just that it's, 
pretty exciting to run some simulations based on, you know, different possible dice game scenarios. And, uh, you know, I, I have a few, it's hard to communicate in words what I'm simulating, but um, it, it, the numbers look like it could really work out. And I'm just really uh, excited to get the first um, prototype out there. Um, yeah, I, I'm tempted. I'm trying, I'm holding my, my tongue from launching into a huge incomprehensible explanation of what I've been simulating, but it's basically a bunch of different dice rolls uh, you can think of it as and different probabilities, different uh, costs, you know, different amounts paid for, you know, different um, payouts and simulating them a bunch of times. And, you know, so uh, it's going to work, you know, um, and I think it's really like if it works at a small scale, uh, this system as it's designed should should also work at a large scale and um like you're talking about earlier you know having real revenue real uh yields i mean i as somebody who came into blockchain development as like somebody interested in just building apps general purpose you know apps um rather than someone coming from like a financial background just specifically interested in crypto like um that's a huge piece of this you know i like our, our entire back end consists of like a network of smart contracts, you know, even down to what's indexing uh, the, co the contracts. Like we have contracts that manage collections of other contracts and allow us to sort through them efficiently and find them and administer them. And, um, you know, as a side effect of what we're doing with Gelato, one of my primary goals um, is on the back end is to create tools and uh, smart contracts that, kind of serve as what traditional web developers have come to expect from, um, uh, you know, uh, web, what, what are called web frameworks. So that's kind of like the programming environments out of which the back ends of, you know, web apps are built. And a lot of that functionality, functionality required for authorizing people, for managing collections of users or assets in, in the applications, like managing listings or, you know, all the sorts of things that go on behind the scenes that needs to be built up in the web three context for making, you know, web three apps truly uh, scalable and maintainable and uh, manageable from a business perspective. So I'm hoping that as we develop gelato, we'll have like this extra output, this steam given off that will help other developers more quickly build like scalable apps uh, that also um, have access to more shared data. Uh, so that the blockchain itself is can be seen as a social network rather than having a lot of independent apps all re you know reinventing the wheel, having their own user bases, their own core contracts. I'd really like to see the thing built out as a more collective enterprise. So um, I know that wasn't your question. I just kind of went off on a tangent there, but it's all connected in my mind. Um, I think it, um, it is very relevant, uh, even though it wasn't exactly what I asked about, but what you said about um, like breaking down the sort of social network monopolies and and creating you know basically infrastructure we are building the infrastructure for the future of the internet exactly. not just finance and um, it's funny how crypto very quickly is like a social thing uh, there's a reason why we call it the cosmos club because <laughs> it, it feels like a club like once you opened your eyes to Bitcoin, perhaps Ethereum, and then slowly but surely going down the rabbit hole, it becomes a club. It becomes a social layer uh, to your life. I mean, I've 
I, I I've never had many online friends, but after crypto, it exploded like crazy. It, uh, I mean, I've been playing online games for quite some time, but the amount of online friends that I have is uh, is mainly from crypto. So we are already building a social layer uh, to say almost like in the yeah online with uh, with crypto. Sure. And and it would be great to see new apps on Co- Cosmos Hub on Juno that have access to you know a, a pre existing shared user base you know like shared you know just the basics even an avatar a name uh, you know centralized well not cent- well sorry I'm going to semantics but um, something that you know a social network that's kind of built out of these modules like gelato as a module not as some kind of standalone thing you know so that's a big problem in innovation in like traditional tech world Mm -hmm. it's like facebook uh google they have all the users and so we're kind of just left at um to rely on them to think of interesting creative or useful things Mm -hmm. to do and for the most part you know they they don't do very many useful things they they do things that might address a momentary crisis or make them more money by doing something that basically wastes everybody's time, you know, like some addictive, you know, infinite scrolling Mm -hmm. product. Right. And of course everyone likes to make money, but at the same time they have all these users and there are plenty of people out there in the world who have big ideas. And some of those ideas are great ideas, but then there's the problem of getting users and just, having people become aware of you and so you know it'd be nice to help make a dent in that problem by kind of sharing the users right and allowing other ideas to take seed among them that are valid and worthy and, and worth people's time rather than everything being owned by just facebook and definitely Google. to me um, we have two futures we either continue on the path that we're on right now where big tech monopolies only become more powerful and bigger and own more and more of our data and hence basically what what becomes valuable in the future so that's one future that we can uh, that we can expect if we want to continue like now or we uh, switch to a decentralized world with uh, all kinds of protocols dapps services running in a decentralized environment with crypto with blockchain etc and uh, bring back power to the people Really, that's that's I think the appealing pitch that uh, crypto and blockchain has in general. I think that's a big reason why we jumped into this space so much. Like Daniel and I have been around and building since Web 1.0, so we've sort of seen all the trends, the monopolies, all the things that have sort of been wasted. And when you come into the world of crypto, the average user has a voice. You know, today if a Juno prop goes up, an Adam prop goes up, you can buy like twenty bucks worth of Adam and cast your vote and have some say in where things go. So for us, you know, as Daniel says, like, we kind of want this open world where people can build cool shit. We can all, like, you know, be together. We can all profit. It doesn't need to be like a zero-sum game where we can only have only X amount of winners and everyone else have to lose. Mm -hmm. And as we sort of help build this feature, the byproduct of all this cool stuff we're building is kind of gelato. We're showing people the possibilities of what you can do. And if you come and do this stuff, here's how you get rewarded as well, Mm -hmm. too. So TLDR, we're basically, you know, engineering hippies. (laughs) We just want to love, build shit, and just have a great time. Mm-hmm. That should be a new slogan. Engineering hippies. 
that and our other big slogan, like if we had to give an elevator pitch to someone to explain what gelato is, we jokingly internally say we build toilet games. You know, people are building MMOs, shooters. We're like, hey, we want to build simple games like Candy Crush or Wordle or some Farmville that your grandma, your mother and cousin could jump on and just start playing. While on the toilet. Yeah, we can build easy fun shit. Exactly. (laughs) Nice. So say, guys, that you you succeed in all this and let's just go completely crazy here and say all these things fall into place with crypto and more and more things get built in a decentralized manner. How does Gelato look like five years from now, do you think? If you can dream, let's say. Oh, the thing that I really want to happen is when you go to Las Vegas or you go to some major city, there's gelato casinos, gelato shops, gelato restaurants. Like, I really want to build a gelato verse, you know, where anyone can come in. We're all accepted. Anyone, you know, can be a part of this. People can profit from it as well, too. So to me, that's kind of the dream is when we can start blending the real or the blockchain and Internet with real world businesses and pipelines. If, you know, I feel like we can definitely do that within five years. But once we see that happen, that's going to blow my mind. And uh, in five years, it would also be nice to, you know, be serving the role of uh, some kind of uh, incubator or something that, you know, um, spawns other ideas, like a, just a general software shop. And because, um, you know, beside outside of gaming, you know, I've interest personally in building tools and in civics and other areas that, um where blockchain can really, uh, I believe, make an impact. And um, so my, my, I'm all over the place, honestly. In five years, it can really just go any, anywhere. It's an unfair question also. Five years from now is an eternity in crypto, right? So who knows? <laughs> I, mean, I feel like Daniel did drop something in there that I probably should have touched upon as well, too, is we want to build a software company. When you think about Google or Microsoft, something like that, a company that provides all this tooling and things for Web2, we want to play a part in that, you know, hopefully a big part, but even if it's a small part within Web3, we'd consider it a success. Beyond gaming, a lot of cool and amazing things you can do in Web3, and we kind of don't want to be tied to, you know, anything in particular, but ultimately everything will basically flow back to the lot of the same way, no matter what cool shit Google builds or whatnot, it all goes back to the shareholders, and that's basically what we want here. Beautiful, beautiful, guys. We are nearing the end of the space, so uh, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about? Is there anything that we missed out or want to highlight before we close this thing off? Yeah, I did want to talk about G-Key. I was taking a look at all the questions people had. By the way, people had some amazing questions on the uh, Twitter thread that you mm-hmm. created. But one of the questions was around G-Key, when is that happening? So we're going to release an updated roadmap around the middle of summer. Now that we feel a lot more comfortable building smart contracts, games, and things like that, we think we can ramp up pretty quickly. So the goal here is release an updated roadmap by middle of summer. In early next year, Q1 or Q2 of 2024, we want to be to kick off the G-Key games. But TLDR, more updates are coming. And if things are going you know, the way we expect, the way things are looking right now, I think we'll definitely be able to do it uh, at some point in 2024. Beautiful, beautiful. Daniel, you uh, didn't have a chance to say too much because of the technical issues. Is there anything else that you want to highlight? Um, not that I'll uh, remember. Uh, I think I think once I hang up the call, I'll think of some things. 
but not right now. <laughs> we'll obviously keep this thread open. So any questions that uh, we haven't picked up uh, from the community during the space, feel free to go in and jump in and answer them. Um, or anyone who has another question after the space, you can use the thread obviously to to ask in there. So um, so yeah, guys, Daniel, Rispy, thank you so much for coming on again. It's uh, great to see builders like yourself to uh, persist and uh, work through the hard times that like you guys are doing and actually creating something amazing. So keep up the great work, guys. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks Thank you. Having. Hopefully we get a chance to talk to you in the next six months and we'll be even at a much better place Definitely. then. Definitely. Let's hope. Crossing fingers. <laughs> Unless the banking system completely melts down. But uh, time will tell. <laughs> even though we'll have we'll plenty more time to <laughs> Amen to that. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Take care, man. Thanks. Ciao. Bye.